Hello and welcome to another episode of the Project Purple podcast. I'm Dino Varelli, founder and CEO of Project Purple, and I'm back in the podcast studio today and we've got a special episode for everyone today listening at home, at work, in the gym, in the car, wherever you listen to this podcast. Today's episode, we are highlighting some of the high points of 2020 with some of our Project Purple ambassadors. We've got an ambassador program here at Project Purple over the last three years, which is made up of a group of individuals that are super passionate about all things Project Purple throughout the country. We meet regularly on a monthly basis, and the pandemic this year has, uh, to say the least, been an interesting experience for us, but also for our ambassadors. But this has been a group that has really supported our mission and helped us rally to have a great year here in 2020. So thank you for listening to our ambassadors here today on this special edition of the highlights of 2020 with Project Purple. We're back in the podcast studio and I've got another special guest here on the phone with us with our special edition highlighting 2020 with Project Purple, our ambassador coming all the way from Oklahoma, one of our ambassadors, I should say, Pam Sergeant Morris. Pam, how are you? Thank you for joining us on the Project Purple podcast. Well, thank you for having me. Well, appreciate you taking the time. Um, as we were saying before we hit record here, you know, 2020 has been, to say the least, a interesting year <laughs> for most of us. Uh, and I jokingly say that because for us, you know, interesting in the fact that all of our physical events have been canceled um, or postponed, right, to 2021. Mm -hmm. But we wanted to highlight some of the, the best moments of 2020 within our community for our audience listening at home. And this is part of a special edition with our ambassadors coming from all over the country, kind of giving us their perspective on, you know, what was their highlight for 2020 with Project Purple. So on that note, Pam, the question now is in your corner. What was your highlight for 2020 with Project Purple? And as I've mentioned to the other guests previously, this is really uh, no right or wrong. It's really subjective. And this is the great thing about sharing with our audience because, you know, all of the interviewers have come from different parts of the country and possibly have been involved in various events throughout the year that we've had virtually or in this reality and air quotes that we've seen this year because of the COVID pandemic. So with that, I'm going to turn the mic over to you and uh, we'd love to hear what your answer is. Okay. Well, like you said, 2020 has not been the year, but I would say one of my best moments for me with Project Purple has been the continuation of fundraising, uh, not in the traditional way, but uh, throughout the year, uh, we've had to cancel our garage sales. And so we kind of made it in a online sales situation. So I've been continuously fundraising for Project Purple through online sales and, you know, just letting people know that all of this is going to Project Purple, Pancreatic Cancer Research. So that's kind of one of my highlights um, 
through this year and also staying involved with all the virtual events such as the Pass the Torch and getting my family involved and, you know, participating. And I think they've enjoyed doing the Pass the Torch. And then with November, having all those virtual events with the Peloton and the burpees, which I didn't (laughs) do, but, you know, I know there were some other things and I know that, uh, you had a, um, a Dino event, I believe in the early, um, summertime and just staying involved and making new friends along the way and the communication with the virtual events, you know, I think it's made the community a little closer and in the past, the torch, you know, you would pass the torch to one person and then they would tag you. And then, you know, the communication becomes open and maybe you become friends. And I, I think that's also another highlight that has happened this past year. Well, yeah, the past, the torch has been kind of funny and I know your family and, and funny in the sense that, you know, I think in marketing any, any company for profit, nonprofit, you have these ideas and you throw them up against the wall and like, what really is going to stick? And people internally may think like one thing's going to stick and run really wild. And then it's kind of the opposite of what happens. And that was kind of, um, you know, past the torch, which for those listening at home, if you're not aware of this is something that we started in back in August. It's crazy. Think about this. Back in August, we started this. And it was just really this domino effect of every day, someone running for our organization um, so that, you know, we're not running any events together as a team. Not that we all run together, but we're not fielding any teams. No events are happening. Everything's been canceled or postponed, like we said in the beginning of this um, interview. But, you know, Pass the Torch was really to symbolize that we're not done. Just because our events aren't being done, we're not going to kind of just sit by the wayside and and not help to raise awareness or remember the loved ones, which typically are what happens in those big, larger events. And, you know, when we had this idea internally to launch it, we were like, okay, like this will be cool. We'll get through a couple months. And it just kind of has taken a life of its own, quite honestly. And we're going to relaunch 2.0 past the torch here in 2021, which I'm excited to get to market soon here, um, you know, because I think it's given families like yours, as an example, an opportunity, which has been really cool to see from someone in the driver's seat, Pam, you know, with your mom getting involved, your other family members, your sister-in-law, I think has gotten involved a couple of times. And, you know, you've got different sets of family members getting involved, you know, with past the torch, um, which, you know, is really just a way to, you know, hopefully help people raise awareness of what we are doing in this virtual reality because everything's been canceled. But the one thing that we know has not been canceled is this thing called pancreatic cancer. And so it's it's really powerful to see. And, and I think you, you know, thank you for bringing that up because I think what your family has done to really embrace that and get involved and to help amplify the messaging on social media, you know, that this thing's not canceled and we're still here. We're walking, running, jogging every day. Uh, may not be every day consecutively, but we're passing that torch to someone else is just really, really special. Mm-hmm. So I really just, uh, you know, from all of us here at Project Purple, it's it's really cool to see the whole family get involved. And I know Chris has gotten involved, uh, your husband, Chris, a couple of times as well, which is just awesome to see. And, uh, you know, I've been blessed, um, 
you know, to meet your mom and, and your your husband multiple times. And, you know, as debilitating as this disease can seem, you know, when, when there's an ultimate reality to it, it's just awesome on our side to see how families rally to do something positive for so many other people and remember that person that went through their journey and battled. So it's really special. So thank you for doing that. Oh, you're welcome. Pam, thank you for sharing your highlight of 2020 with Project Purple. Thank you. And please thank your family for all the love and support here in this year. It's been a an interesting year to say the least, as we said in the beginning, but uh, together we can make a difference and we're continuing to make a difference because of families like yours here at Project Purple. So thank you again for sharing your story. Thank you for your support. And hopefully we all get back to running races together in Nebraska and New York and Chicago and the rest of the areas around the country like we did before this pandemic. Well, thank you. All right, we're back in the podcast studio and I've got a special guest next here coming all the way from Lincoln, Nebraska. One of our other ambassadors, the one, the only, Mr. Brock Miner. Brock, thank you for joining us on the Project Purple podcast on this special episode. Well, thanks for having me on. Well, Brock, as we were talking before we were recording, um, you know, getting kind of some, getting my update on what's happening in Nebraska. It's been kind of a crazy year. I think I've been there once, which traditionally I'm usually there a couple times, usually at least once a quarter. Yeah. To visit all of our wonderful listeners out in Nebraska. We've got a great following, great supporters, great alumni group. We've got a great team at the University of Nebraska Medical Center, which is part of our Precede Consortium, but we have funded a lot of projects there. So it's uh, it's kind of sad that I have not been to Nebraska, you know, other than that one time early, early in the year of yep, all 2020. Yeah, I miss you guys. I got to I got to get back there, but I I'm going to wait until the weather gets nicer because <laughs> as we were just talking, you guys have some snow and and those Midwest winters can be brutal. Yeah, it's coming down pretty good today. But that doesn't stop because I know you you've had run streaks in the past. Uh for our listeners at home who maybe follow us on social media have seen some of Brock's stuff as we've shared it and also uh he's posted on our our Facebook and Instagram stories of just uh continuing to do those run streaks regardless of the weather and the elements. Uh I think last year you had a run streak and I know you used to run well through yeah. the winter time. Yeah, I had a hundred and eight day run streak through the winter the other year this year i haven't been running as much due to some injuries and other things but no no run streak today that's all right brock i can i see one in the future though possibly not to put any pressure on you yeah once i get back healthy hopefully there'll be another one here again well, health is most important, and, and that's something that's really key given you know the year we're having as we see what's happening around the country and around the world. Question today for you, Brock. And this year has been such a, a weird year, I guess is the best term, you know, with all of our events being canceled. And as I said in the beginning of this recording, you know, usually in Nebraska, a couple times a year for multiple events for the Lincoln Marathon. You know, we traditionally have done a walk 
um, there in Lincoln. And this year we were supposed to expand into Omaha. So, um, you know, with everything being canceled or gone virtual this year, from your perspective, and you've been an ambassador now with us a couple years, you've been heavily involved with the work we've done in Nebraska. I know you've even gone to Minnesota with us um, and run Twin Cities and Grandma's. What's been your highlight this year for Project Purple, with Project Purple, I should say, for 2020? It, it's definitely been a challenge. I was signed up to run the Lincoln Full Marathon in May, and when that got canceled and switched to virtual, my highlight was still running the full marathon virtually. It was a real challenge. My longest run had only been like 15 miles going into it. I had foot issues. I didn't think there was any way I'd finish it. But me and another friend went out, and we both ran that one day late in May and knocked out all 26.2 miles, and that was just quite a good feeling. I had a lot of friends that ended up supporting me later on just because of the commitment to go out there and run virtually is something I don't ever care to do again for another full <laughs> marathon. <laughs> there may be another marathon in my future, but it will not be virtually. I can tell you that much. <laughs> you know, when, uh, when everything got canceled, I remember saying this to a runner. I said, you know, great idea. I think she was on our, our Chicago or New York team. I think it was New York. I said, how badass would it be to run 26.2 by yourself? <laughs> yeah. Not, not knowing, right. And not having ever done it myself. Um, I, I think, you know, you guys who all tackled that distance this year, by yourselves all deserve like three medals, not just one. The, uh, the marathon's brutal in itself, but being out there with limited support and everything else, especially when it gets tough and you hit that wall without that crowd support, it's just a different battle. <laughs> what was... But then you realize your car is still five miles away, so <laughs> you got to keep going. <laughs> what was, and I got a question for you, and I apologize to jump in there and interrupt you before you, you mentioned that car thing, and which I giggle at, uh, because that's like the irony, right? Like you hit the wall and you're like, oh man, I, I, I'm still nowhere remotely close <laughs> to where I need to be to even escape this thing to get home. What was kind of though, when you hit that wall though, and for listeners at home that have ever run a, a traditional marathon or have gone out on any run and you hit a wall as our runner, you know, runners, we call that, you know, you, you just kind of feel like you can't go any further and the wheels start to fall off. Uh, things start to shut down. What got you through that though? And I think it's a little bit different than maybe in years yeah. past, right? Cause there's not really fans. And I think on the course, you know, when you're on a marathon course with thousands of runners and thousands of fans, you can kind of find motivation along the way, right? But when you're and on I was there, still lucky to have some friends and family that were hopping down our course about every half mile to a mile to just check on us, support us, make sure we're still fine, just make sure everything was still good. I mean, if I needed to, I had I had the support there, which was helpful. And then also just knowing I was doing this for the cause of running for my grandma again and the support I had with all the fundraising, it just, that's what really kept driving me to keep putting one foot in front of the other and finish it. I was like, I'd raised too much money. I'd had too much support that I was like, I don't want to stop. I just need to keep going for that. 
it's pretty special. I have to say, like, you know, um, again, running something virtually, I, I would have never imagined, you know, I know we've talked about this in years prior to this pandemic of, you know, getting people to do things in a quote unquote air, air quotes here for those listening at home, <laughs> you know, in a virtual setting, but to do 26.2 and, you know, it's just, uh, just an amazing feat and, uh, a wonderful highlight and thank you for sharing that with our audience Brock and you know from all of us here at Project Purple I mean as I mentioned you've been an ambassador here for a couple years but I know you've been heavily involved personally connected really just want to thank you and your community and, and the folks that support you as you said no no one does this alone you know your family and friends and I know your, your daughters have been a big part of your life your wife your mom your brother your brothers run with us before in the past you should have got them to come out and do the virtual marathon <laughs> yeah I don't think I'm gonna get them to do a virtual marathon anytime <laughs> soon. well you know uh, I know they've been there with you along this journey and just really special to see that growth and all the support you know for us here at Project Purple so we really appreciate it yeah, we've we've appreciated the organization and things have been great and we're happy that it's much better to do some of the other virtual runs this year, some of the five Ks and <laughs> the double miles instead. We were able to get more of the family involved with those and my daughter joined me for the turkey trot. So awesome. I love that. I love hearing that. Well, we look forward to this year and hopefully getting you and your family together on a much smaller runs hopefully uh over the next couple of months and hopefully brock as we were talking before we hit record we hope to see everyone back in person at some point in 2021 yeah we're ready to get back to racing and fundraising again so absolutely absolutely well thanks for sharing your highlight for 2020 with project purple and thanks for listening yeah, you're welcome thanks for having me on back in the studio and we've got another special guest with us here on the project purple podcast to discuss 2020 please welcome a former guest keelan hodgkins demario to the project purple podcast special episode year end 2020 thank you for joining us on the podcast thanks for having me again so as we were talking to our other guest, Keelan, we are trying to pin down and talk about the events of 2020 in a positive way with our community. And 2020 was a special year, to say the least, with all of our events being canceled, but special in the sense that our community really, really rallied. I mean, there were some pretty amazing things happening virtually, individually, in all parts of the world for Project Purple during this really, really crazy, hectic year. So the question is, what was your highlight in 2020 with Project Purple? My highlight, well, even despite uh, all the cancellations, which for me started in March because I was set to run the New York City half with you guys. Um, and I quickly put together my own virtual half marathon. And then I did a bunch of virtual events all year. 
a race for my aunt and a scavenger hunt. But I think the highlight for me um, was running my virtual marathon in October in Lenox um, after Chicago was canceled. I think that was definitely uh, the highlight for me. And that was a interesting day. I mean, you had good weather. I, I drove, I took the drive up to, uh, to Lenox from Connecticut, which is only about two hours. And you had a bunch of family, friends, strangers. Uh, that day in Lenox seemed kind of weird uh, in the sense that it was like business as usual, not maybe to your standard, but to my standard in the sense that people were out sightseeing, entertaining themselves. Everyone had masks. Um, you know, people were social distanced, um, but it's just still felt somewhat normal in the sense that people were out vacationing, going to restaurants and shopping um, in the tiny town of Lenox. Yeah. Well, we, you know, Lenox is a tourist town. I, you know, that should probably, I mean, uh, so Columbus Day weekend is a huge weekend um, in the Berkshires where Lenox is. So yeah, town was really packed, which was great um, because my virtual marathon was unique in the sense that I took a one mile loop that went around downtown Lenox 26 times. So everyone, uh, you know, Lenox has a ton of restaurants. So everybody that was sitting outside at their outdoor dining was watching me run by over and over and over again, um, which helped because I had cheer sections that sort of evolved uh, throughout different parts of town. Aside from where you were, uh, we have like a I guess you could kind of call it like the Cheers of Lenox, which is the the Heritage House or the Taj, as us locals like to refer to it to. Um, and they were really great. They were so supportive. They were supportive back when I ran my virtual half marathon. And the funny part was um, John, the owner, I was at the bar after that race and he joked and he was like, oh, imagine if you have to do this in October, what are you going to do? Run 26 times around town. And we laughed like, ha ha. And then it actually, that's exactly, that's exactly karma. what happened. That's karma. Yeah. So I know you and I um, have talked about this though. You had kind of a special story recently, like just in the last couple of weeks as someone that uh, kind of connected with you, which is I think inspiring to say the least, but I'd love for you to share that experience with our audience, with this whole event that you were putting on and the training you were doing and you know everything that it involved. So I'm a I'm an early morning runner, rise and run. I get up early and I run and um, having run for so long and the same route over and over again, I switched things up this year. So I was driving just like not even two miles from my house to this lake. And I was starting and ending all of my training runs uh, at this spot. And uh, every Saturday when I would do my long runs, I would, at the time I was finishing, I was always, it was always kind of correlating with this uh, woman and her son who's older. Uh, they would always be out for their morning walk and they'd be kind of catching the end of sunrise and they'd be sitting by the dock and I'd always finish and we would just chit chat and um, 
as the weeks went on and on and on throughout the summer, we would talk more and more and, you know, what is it that you're running for? And, you know, she, one day she finally asked more about Project Purple and why I was running and um, it was just great. We kind of just formed this little connection of we would see each other on Saturdays. And then um, in, I think it was August was when I wound up with a QL injury. So I couldn't run for a while. So there was like, I think it was two, I took two weeks off totally from running. And my first run back that morning, I'll never forget it. I came down the hill and her and her son were there sort of like quasi cheering. They're like, oh, yay, like you're back. Like we were wondering where you went, you know, and I explained to them that I was hurt and that, you know, even though training was going to change, I was still going to run the marathon no matter what. Um, so I would still see them. And then um, I never got to really see them before the race. I think I saw her maybe like the week or two before I was going to run. And, I, you know, I told her it was still all all systems go, like, you know, I'll be in Lenox running 26 times around downtown. Um, and then I never, I hadn't seen her for a while. And then the day before Thanksgiving, um, I had just finished walking my dog and her and her son were coming down the road and I pulled the car over and uh, she was so elated to see me because she had been walking with um, like a pen and paper on her so she could take down all my information because she had wanted to donate. Um, and, uh, you know, I told her like, don't feel obligated. Like it was just great to connect and chat with you week after week while I was running. Um, but, you know, she insisted. So I, I gave her my name and my address and, you know, I, I sincerely wasn't expecting, um, you know, anything from her. And then it was the day, a day or two after Thanksgiving, I got a card uh, in the mail from her with not only a donation, but a really, really sweet message inside. And it, I, it turns out she's a breast cancer survivor. Um, and she just wrote about how much uh, it inspired her to see people out there passionate about making a difference. So, you know, you just never know who you're making an impact on when you're out there you know, running. And for us, it was just, I'd end, end my run and they'd be on their walk and that was it. But we just, you know, we had this little connection. Powerful stuff. You just never know, as we always say, you know, and this is what this is all about of touching as many people as possible, raising as much awareness as possible while we, while we have the time. Keelan, thank you for being a guest once again on the Project Purple podcast on this special edition for 2020. And we're back in the podcast studio and I've got another special guest with us here on this special episode as we highlight all things Project Purple in 2020. And with us all the way from sunny I hope it's sunny. I didn't even ask, but it is sunny. It is sunny. sunny, Northern California. Our ambassador, one of our ambassadors, Kether Keo. Kether, thank you for joining us on the Project Purple podcast. Thank you for having me, Dino. Now, we said it's sunny. What's the temperature like? Because we're recording this in between the two holidays. It's a balmy 33 here in Connecticut. 
We did get a high of 60 on Christmas, which washed away, but it was pouring rain. So it wasn't like we could go out and enjoy it. Um, it washed away the, the 14 or 15 inches of snow that we got the week before. So we we're kind of stuck in this pattern where it's below freezing in the morning and then you know, 30s to 40s during the day, which as you can see, my excitement isn't great running weather. Um, I'm not sure what it is exactly right now, but I would guess low 50s. So perfect <laughs> and running And there's no snow, but there is sun out. It was raining briefly yesterday morning, but other than that, it's been, it's, it's typically gets into the mid 50s most days. So perfect running weather is what you're saying. If you wait, first thing in the morning, it's, it's a chilly upper 30s, low 40s. I take that over the upper 20s, low 30s <laughs> that I had this morning running. As I've gotten older, Heather, I, I've begun to uh, realize like the winter is not my friend and I prefer, I don't prefer like, I don't mind the super hot weather, like the humidity in the summertime. I, 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 you know, by the time it gets that hot here in this part of the country, and I know you spent time you know, here in this part of the the country, you know, your body's acclimated to it. So you just kind of time it right. But the cold weather just, I think as I've gotten older, my knees and my joints just don't fare well in this cold, like below freezing running weather. Just, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I get, I become like this New England curmudgeon as they, they, I know that's been called of people here in New England sometimes. I think it's because of the cold winters that we experience, but I'm jealous of you is all I'm going to say, having that nice weather to run in. And you do plenty of running. So yep. a lot of jealousy coming from the uh, the East Coast here for you on that. So we wanted to ask you a pretty serious question. And as we open this recording, you know, 2020 has been, <laughs> to say the least, uh, an interesting year for all of us, uh, with all of our races being canceled, I know you run a couple of teams. You're supposed to run a bunch of races. You've, uh, you've been very involved with the organization from the running standpoint, being an ambassador and helping us spread our mission across the country, but also personally running a lot of the races. We've been involved in some new ones, um, that we're not involved, um, in just yet, but we wanted to ask you, what was your highlight in 2020 with Project Purple. And given just the the complexity of the year that we had with pretty much everything being canceled, I think we, I don't even think we, we fielded, we had one race that we were gonna have a team, which was the New York City Half Marathon. But I'm, my point is we, we didn't get a chance to field a team, but I know there were some people that ran races like Houston was in January, uh, LA was there in March, which we had some like DIY people in air quotes here, you know, run that on their own, but not as an official, you know, charity team partner uh, with Project Purple. So what was your highlight in 2020, would you say? Um, I would probably say running the virtual Boston Marathon. <laughs> Um, I actually ended up running it twice, but we'll say my second and official running of it <laughs> in September. Um, so uh, obviously Boston in April was canceled um, this year and canceled probably about a month before the race. Um, I did end up running a, a, a race or, you know, a marathon on Marathon Monday back in April. But then um, the race was originally supposed to take was rescheduled to September 14th, I think that, um, Monday. And, um, we had like a week that you could run it, uh, to officially count, um, as your Boston race. Um, and so I ended up running, uh, 
my Boston uh, virtual uh, locally on the 11th of September, it looks like. And so part of the thing I think that was special about that day for me and maybe that week, apart from doing my best to get enthusiastic about running a virtual Boston from Folsom to Sacramento, which is not quite the same as running it from Hopkinton to uh, Boylston, downtown Boston. Um, but um, partly, obviously, running for Project Purple and um, I run most of my races for Project Purple was scheduled to run uh, the live New York um, for Project Purple this year. But I would say the Boston one uh, just because of the timing. So I ran it on the 11th um, and it also kind of coincided with the anniversary of my dad's passing, which was the day before on September 10th. Um, my dad passed away um, in um, 2000. Um, in 2011. Um, and so like that anniversary of my dad's uh, passing the prior day and then kind of the purpose for my running for Project Purple all sort of, I think, coalesced with that. I think it's it's difficult to run virtual races. Um, the shorter distances are difficult enough. The marathon is certainly more difficult and longer is, is even more difficult than that. Yeah. Um, but, but I think sort of having that inspiration and um, the well wishes of friends, but also their support for Project Purple with fundraising I was doing that week um, sort of carried me through what was, um, I, I would say I was probably not ideally trained. And um, we'd, we'd had several weeks here um, of smoke um, yeah. from forest fires in the air, like the prior, probably the month almost beforehand. And um, so because of that, um, some long training runs didn't really happen. So I just did the best I could on that day. And I think the air quality on the day I ran, it was not great. Um, but fortunately, my lungs held out and didn't really notice it too much until I think the final six miles. And by then I knew I was good and sort of ran, walked and got it done. So it's 2020. What else could be? Maybe if you had like velociraptors like chasing after you at some point, you know, that would have giant kept hornets, a, I think, right? Giant, or, yeah, that, yeah, that's true. Yeah, giant hornets. hornets. That would be a, a better uh, example there. Question that, um, you know, and this has come up, you know, because I, you know, naturally we're running charity or running based charity is a big part of what we do. In your experience, I don't know, you've done many marathons. What was kind of the biggest challenge of doing it virtually? And, and, and let me back up for a second because, I, you know, we've said this on previous podcasts, you know, like, hey, doing 26.2 is amazing, right? Doing any distance for anyone is always amazing. I always find, but, you know, 26.2 is that, you know, that's like the echelon, right? It's so special when you're out on the course, whether it's Boston, New York, Chicago, wherever it may be, CIM, Twin Cities, you know, when you hit that wall and then marathoners and people who run, you know, typically in the marathon, you know, it's at that distance. Sometimes it's 18 miles, sometimes it's 21 or it could be 24, whatever that distance is where you just kind of feel like your body begins to shut down. When you're in those large races, I say you have two things. You have the, you know, fellow runners, which a lot of times they help you out through that way. You know, you might find someone along that that route that, you know, is struggling as well. And together you guys will finish together. That's happened to me before. It happened in Boston a couple of times actually. And then the other part is you have fans right on the course that, you know, you can find inspiration to push you through that wall. But when you're running alone virtually, this is something that, you know, and I, I've said, you know, this year I was like, man, people who've brought down these virtual marathons, 
should get like three medals because, you know, doing 26.2 is a, is a feat that's amazing. But then doing it alone, whether it's around your neighborhood, you know, 26 times or, you know, 26 miles around your neighborhood, or, you know, if you find some place, you know, within your community to do 26 point, you know, back and forth or whatever that, that location may be. But when you're by yourself, it can get really dark really quick. And you, I think, have to dig really, really deep. So the question is, you know, during that Boston run, either of them, like, what are some of the things that kind of got you through that wall? Because you can't turn to the side and say, wow, look at that runner. They're doing it. I can beat them. Or, you know, someone on the side of the road, you know, with a funny sign or with an inspirational sign to carry you through that. What gets you through that that point? I think... Um, so I've actually done four virtual marathons oh, in the God. past year or so. You like torture. So, <laughs> apparently. Because um, I did the first one with New York City Marathon last year to earn a spot to to run for this year. Um, I did Boston in April, Boston in September, and then I did a virtual New York on the uh, weekend that New York City would have happened this year as well. And I would say um, – I mean, for me, it may be slightly easier than some only because I'm an ultra runner. So I've done enough training runs of that distance. But yes, it is a little bit different when you pin a bib on and sort of take it as a race and you can't stop your clock. Um, I, I sort of take it more as an experience rather than a race because it's hard for me to race in a virtual marathon setting um, just because the logistics of aid stations and stuff like that. But I do think it's hard without um, – the point-to-point courses, but more importantly, without the spectators out there, I think it's 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 very quiet. Um, so a good playlist, um, and I have one for Boston and I have one for New York, um, helps them. Uh, and then uh, when I did the virtual Boston, I did run it with two friends, so that certainly helped. And we had roving aid stations between my husband and and friends' family, so we had some spectators every like four or five miles, which certainly helped. Um, but I've also done the virtual marathon with nobody out there too. So, um, and the car is an aid station, but, but I think, I think having anybody out there helps kind of thinking about why you're doing it helps. Um, and then, and then good music gets you through it too. It's uh, I, I agree with you. The, the playlist is great. And if you can have people out there to kind of help push you along the way is, uh, is even better. So great stuff. Kether, thank you for sharing your highlight in 2020. Thank you for all you've done. Um, I know you know your family's been involved, your two daughters, your husband typically is with you on the course when you're running a marathon. Not always, because I know we've caught up with Jim, uh, your husband, Jim. Uh, he's he showed up at various locations on the, on the route to catch you. Uh, I know that happened a couple years back in New York. And uh, he's always with you celebrating at the finish at our after party. So it's always a team effort, as I say. And so appreciate all the love and support. And, you know, we look forward to uh, being together again, hopefully sooner than later in 21. Yep, hoping for New York City 2021 in November. Can't wait for it. Thank you for being a guest once again on the Project Purple podcast and for sharing your highlight of 2020. Thank you, Dina, for having me. Thank you for listening to this special episode of the Project Purple Podcast with our four ambassadors, Pam, Kether, Keelan, and Brock. 
As I mentioned in our opening, our ambassador program has really been a huge success over the last couple of years, and especially in this special year with all of our events being canceled. I call it special because in a time of cancellation and events being postponed to 2020, where we're typically on the road, visiting centers, being at events throughout the country. This really gave us an opportunity here, and especially me, a time to reflect. And as I look back over the last 10 years of the work of Project Purple, our ambassador program over the last three years has really allowed us to grow in certain markets throughout the country with certain events that we're involved in. And it really has been special over the last couple months to just see our ambassador program just flourish and help us grow in this year that we thought would be so, so bad, you know, in terms of financial disruption to our model, which is not to say that we didn't have financial disruption to our model. We're not anywhere where we were last year, but given the circumstances and given what we were able to accomplish in this year with everything happening with the COVID pandemic, our ambassadors were a life send, a godsend. Uh, they were our, our lifesaver, I should say, you know, in this year. So it's really special for us to share, you know, just for the stories, highlighting what their highlight was for 2020 here with Project Purple. I can't thank the ambassadors more than enough for their time for this podcast and also the other ambassadors that did not get to be interviewed for this podcast, but are a huge part of the program. We love you guys. We appreciate all the love and support through the year that we've had here at Project Purple. I want to thank our listeners at home. You guys have been amazing following along this journey. To say the least that this year has been anything but ordinary is probably an understatement. And as we wrap up our 2020 podcasting, it's been really something special. I want to thank producer Sam, uh, who produces this podcast. He's been producing this podcast since day one. So thank you, Sam, for the opportunity and the belief in what we've done here at Project Purple. When this airs, we'll be well over 148 episodes that we've talked to survivors, Olympians, supporters, participants, doctors, clinicians, just throughout the last couple of years to give this thing that we've created here at Project Purple, another venue to raise awareness, to hear stories, to be inspired, and to do good stuff. So thank you, audience, for listening, coming back week after week to listen to us. Thank you to producer Sam for all his hard work. And as we say here at Project Purple, if you love what you hear, please follow us wherever you listen to podcasts, share our podcast. The more awareness we raise, the more awareness we can raise for pancreatic cancer, for treatments, for funding of research. Allow the researchers to do what they're really good at. They need support. They need your help. We need your help to allow them to do the work they do and to support our patient population as they go through this battle. And as we always say, please be safe. 2020 has been a crazy year with the pandemic, 
but we do know one thing that pancreatic cancer isn't canceled. So if you're listening, if you're battling, we're here to help. We're here to support. If you're not feeling well, go to your doctor, get checked up. Don't blow off appointments. So be healthy, be safe. And thank you for listening. Until next time, that's a wrap of another episode of the Project Purple Podcast. Mm-hmm.